Hey, this is Daryl Strawberry, and you listen to the Daniel Baldwin Show. What can I say about my brother Daniel that hasn't already been said dozens of times in police reports? Jim Kelly, you're listening to Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Yes, sir. And we're back. Yeah. Come fill it. I got double live Sassos in the studio right now. Granger and Griffin Sasso, my nephews, my sister Jane's son, star athletes at West Genesee High School in a number of sports, have decided to join us today and give us the high school and college perspective. Very Along nice. with Stan the Man, Sam the Man, Stasiak, Forte, Jones, Anderson, Augusta, <laughs> Josh, and Polly the Mole. Yes. Come over here, bro. Get in there. Let's get somebody over here. We're going to sort it all out. We're going to share mics. We're going to touch each other. Mike four there, Polly, with the Sam the Man. Ah, Sam, I'm going to come right out of the gate. I'm going to come right out of the gate. Now, first of all, Polly says to me while we're going into the music and the lead, how was your weekend? Let me lay my weekend out for you, Mr. World Traveler, who has yeah. to drive everywhere. <laughs> so, on Sunday night, I got on a plane that landed in San Antonio at 12.45 in the morning. I did three talk shows starting at 7 a.m. I did four commercials in San Antonio and then spoke at a gathering of Alcoholics Anonymous. Got back on a plane, flew to North Carolina, transferred to Syracuse, got in at 1.21 in the morning, laid down for one hour, and was on the Lisa and Gomez show this morning. And now I've gone home taking a little cat nap. Nice. A well-earned cat nap. Yeah. And I'm back and we're live on the big show. Is San Antonio, this is a, a layman asking a question, is San Antonio like a new Hollywood? Is it a new area where there are there a lot of uh, Let me think about that for Yeah, no. No, no. It's no. not. Oh. It's a decrepit old fat actor trying to get work town. Oh, okay. That's gotcha. I didn't know because exactly you said you were filming is. commercials and stuff. I, I am. I, so um, as part of my sobriety... Uh, I give back to the place that I got sober at. And when I when I do interventions and, and do crisis work with families, I send them usually exclusively, if their insurance will cover it, to one of the, the 14 sober facilities. One of the other things that I do as a service to them is I just lend my name to them and let them shoot the hell out of me in commercials. So you'll often see me on cable TV going, Hi, I'm Daniel Baldwin, and I'm a drug addict, but I got sober here. So oh, nice. send your kid here because he's in trouble. He's stealing all your jewelry. And, uh, and, and, and stuff like that. So Louisville has forfeited over, what is the number of games now? It's over 100, right? Yeah, it was a lot. It's a lot of games. A lot of games is the statistical <laughs> Is the statistical is that, number, yeah. Is that the actuarial figure? Yeah. They've, they've forfeited a lot of games. So much of them, man. So really, I'm going to go first to Polly with this. What does that really mean? What to, you know, it does nothing. In this case, it was recruiting, though, and it drives me crazy. The, those kids may have come there because of the strippers. And we're on the team, so I get why they need to take take it away. But if it, I hate when they do it when, with a violation of a kid who came to the school for other reasons, and then something happened at school. Okay, so so I can tell you, you know, not at that level was I some Louisville big star, but I took my six trips. The NCAA allows you to go from high school and uh, for wrestling and for football, and um, and there were things that they did, you know, for for even at my level, and they were sort of D one schools, but small. You know, I ended up going to Ball State University, which is a, a Division one program in the Mid American Conference in Muncie, Indiana. Um, now there are stories of great, great athletes that come out of high school that they're buying houses. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, back in the day when when, when they when when it was really dirty. And the NCAA didn't have the kind of grip, and they didn't have help from the FBI. Yeah, um, you know, so so a lot of stuff took place. Now, when it's stuff like that, but taking a kid to a strip club 
and saying you're going to take away over 100 wins from a program. I heard they had them remove the banners from that season. It, yeah, when they, 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 they wanted them away, down. Once they made the decision, they had to take the banners down. This wasn't just taking them to a strip club, though. This no? was no. This well, was to tell. This was paying for them to get some ass, as the kids would say. <laughs> wow! Yeah. Wow! Holy cow! Wow! So there was you know, straight up ass trade going yeah. on. Yeah, this was horse like, And this wasn't like I'm sure on these trips they introduced the kids to the girls that are uh, making you know, a lot of accusations. You know what I'm saying? There, this cow. was paid yeah, for. This was paid for sex. I see. So as that, to get them to lure them to come, they got them late. Yeah. Yeah, trying to yes, say. exactly. No, it's it America. There's nothing wrong with that. Was yeah. it a trip? Nothing wrong with that. And the th- this came out because the madam wrote a book about it. So madam, the, bro. The madam. Yeah, the cool. madam wrote a book about it? Yeah. Obviously, she wasn't getting much business. She needed to find another, which is, which is when these scandals come out. You know, and I always go back to the famous Monica Lewinsky story. And I think to myself, you know, and everyone tried to portray poor Monica and she was taken advantage by this the world leader and this powerful guy. And I'm not exonerating anything if it happened, didn't happen with Bill Clinton or whatever. But I'll say one thing. You did not have a casual sexual liaison with someone and then take the smeared ejaculation on your dress and put it in a plastic bag in a safe deposit box the next morning. That's somebody who had a plan. That's somebody who's going to sell a book or going to do. She took the dress so that she had the DNA evidence. She rubbed it into the dress and sealed it in a plastic bag and put it in a safe deposit box for safekeeping. Well, that's why you don't trust anybody. Someone's always going to talk. Someone's always going to talk. And in these scandals, there's a lot of moving parts. You know, there, someone was going to find well, out. Well, if they're paying for sex, I hope there's some moving parts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it moves. What are they doing? <laughs> So, so okay, well, I, I, as, I, as I, I look and I even think of, of the program here, I know that some of the trouble that we've had uh, on this program, and I've always said the same thing, you are responsible for the guys underneath you, so, and that's really unfair when you think about it, because the Alumni Association in most big universities is far more powerful than anything the coaching staff does. Mm-hmm. So these are the guys that turn around, you're given what's called an alumni father. So if you're the starting quarterback at a big university, you get an alumni father. Guy's gonna, he's got a big insurance company. He's doing real well. He's donating to the university. He owns season tickets, blah, 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 blah. Probably played there at one time, too. And he's going to take you out. And it is not uncommon, so I've heard, for that guy to slip an envelope occasionally with big greenbacks in it to that kid for him to have some fun and for him to take it. Now, that's illegal. That's absolutely illegal to do. This is why I've said all along, just pay them to play. Mm. Just give them, you know, depending on sliding scale, the university, how much money it makes, I'll take 10% of that money and put it aside and divvy it out depending upon your starting position or amount of time you play or whatever it is, however you want to set that scale up. So if they did that, they would find a lot of this stuff going away. And if they made it a, a, an amount of money with a cap on it like they do in professional sports, you would see guys not going to one school because they get four to more because they're only allowed to pay them a certain amount of money. But does it go away? Because think about the kid who's like, okay, yeah, we'll pay you five grand a month to come here. But there's also going to be that envelope of greenbacks. I don't well, think it goes away. No, I, well, I don't. I don't think that you're going to eliminate the problem. I don't think you're going to eliminate the problem. But again, if you look at statistical information in states that have legalized marijuana, mm-hmm. and you look at the curiosity of that, and you look at the, you know, a lot of that goes away. You'll get the guys that always use, you know, because a lot of that goes away as we've gotten older. Forget about my getting sober. 
after I got out of college, I didn't smoke weed a lot. It right. was a very, very popular in college, you know, and then it kind of tapers off as you get older and your responsibilities. But, but guys who are stoners get stoned their whole life. Yeah. So you're going to find that those other people that would that would normally maybe do it because it was exciting. It was dangerous. My, my mother going to catch me? Did she know? You know, I had a couple beers and I'm using the binaca, shooting it in my mouth because God forbid she smelt it. And all that stuff goes away. All of it. What I always find interesting when they do this, uh, like we, like we had here locally, when they, quote, vacate the wins, it's like, oh, so we didn't win those games? Like, do they just not exist anymore? Like, Jim Beheim won over 1,000 games, and then suddenly he didn't win over 1,000 games? Well, that's what it, that, that, I think from a personal record standpoint, this came up in one of the earlier shows that we did, and you told me that statistic, that now he's moved down below somebody else. and He's like and he, nine-something at this point. Yeah, close to 1,000. But, but in that 1,000th game where they come back and beat Virginia, at the press, I mean, everybody's standing up as he leaves the court, and in the press conference, he's like, I know how many wins I had. Right. I mean, no, no one is pretending... Same with Louisville. They know they won the championship in 2013. Yeah. They, they know they won it. Whether you vacate it or not, you can pretend it's not there, but they won it. So do we get a kid now that's sitting in a chair, in an armchair, watching college basketball this weekend who says, hey, man, and you lost by 50 when they played Louisville. We beat them on the road, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. We beat them on the road. Yeah. We went into Louisville, and we won the game. Thank God for those strippers. Yeah, like does every team, and that's another question, do those teams now get more wins? No. They don't no, get the wins, it's, right? It's like, no one the game's won never that existed. Game. Never yeah. existed. The game's never existed. Nobody ever played it. What happens in Las Vegas stays in Las Vegas, <laughs> my friends. It's the strangest thing. It's like to it me. never happened. Yeah, we were just Where a- is Rick Pitino right now? I love Rick Pitino. Suing Louisville. Louisville. Yeah, he's suing Has Louisville. Has to be. Is he ever going to coach against him? I would say no. Oh, see, I think w- he's going. Would you hire him? Oh, for sure. He's, I would hire him. he's a brilliant coach. Him. He's a brilliant coach. At, Look, Tarkanian, lots of guys. He, what he's what's going to happen is he's going to get lured in. Watch one of the schools like a you know like a Northwestern that's in a big division. Their basketball team stinks, and they're going to turn around and go, "Let's get Patino. Let's get him." And they're going to take the chance and put him in there because of his name value, what that brings to them recruiting wise. No, I absolutely say the only thing that would stop him possibly is is his age right now. He's sixty five. He's 65. No, he can still do it. I, I, I'll tell you what, the great one may have a, a, a prognostication on this. That's gonna, you're going to have a lot of eyeballs on your program. They're going to be going through everything with a fine-tooth comb if Rick Pitino is your coach. <laughs> so can you gonna imagine go, Wait Rick, a Pitino, <laughs> Rick Pitino going back to the tournament with a squeaky clean program? you got to understand some of the things this guy's been accused of, too. Yeah. I mean, way beyond anything to do with basketball. Sure. You know, cocktail waitresses on yes. the table in the restaurant, you know, the whole bit. I Because mean, if you're a kid on Rick Pitino's team and you get 11 nuggets and a 10-piece nugget, someone's going to go, wait a minute, that kid got one extra nugget. Rick Pitino, I, right. I just what it is. Rick's paying off the people exactly. at McDonald's. Exactly, he's getting sure. McDonald's money. He's not afraid. No. He's not afraid to do what he needs to do to win. I know. In some cases, and look, look where we are now. He's suing Louisville right now, too, so he could still yeah. get paid. So, so w- the reason he's suing Louisville is because he's, he's saying that Louisville dismissed him illegally? Yeah, they can't prove that he knew of what happened. Well, that's my point about this. So, one of the greatest slaps in the face in American history, and I'll go to politics on this to make my analogy, was Richard Nixon. Now, Richard Nixon was accused of having knowledge of the fact that three burglars broke into the Watergate Hotel. They broke in and they stole stuff from from the Democratic Re-Election Committee's office. So they wanted to find information. Now, at the time, Nixon was up a projected three to one in pre-election polls. I mean, there was absolutely no reason for him to do something this dumb. At the same time, Ronald Reagan was accused of breaking the American Constitution for selling arms 
to terrorist states in Iran when the in the Iran Contra deal where they transferred arms. So with that said, Ronald Reagan stood up in front of the committee and went, "Well, I didn't know." And so he just said, "I didn't know." Nixon turned around and sat there and went. Are you kidding me? That's all I had to say was I didn't know? (laughs) Instead, he tried to cover everything up. That's where he got burned. As opposed to just going, yeah, Halderman, Ehrlichman, I didn't know anything about it. You know, these guys hang them. And and so he, he laid Oliver North out, and he laid a couple of guys out. He let them take a couple of heads roll, and he got reelected again. It's that famous story where Dennis Rodman is laying in bed and Carmen Electra comes in and a girl falls out of the ceiling and he goes, I don't know how she got up there. <laughs> she has the famous Eddie Murphy raw skin. Yeah. She turns yeah. around and she walks in and, oh, oh, oh. She goes, Eddie, I can't believe it. I can't believe that you would beat that one. Wouldn't me. <laughs> What's me? Wouldn't me, baby. Does the NCAA demand that Rick Pitino get his tattoo removed now, too? Oh, that's the best. Because he got that oh, tattoo, didn't yeah. he? And yeah. that's, that's why he'll never forget. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not the any of the strippers, apparently. No. Hey, now. Rick Patino, let's go to a break. We'll be back with the Daniel Bolden Show on ESPN Radio Syracuse just after this. Tomorrow, Syracuse welcomes North Carolina to the Carrier Dome. Coverage starts at 5.30, tip-off at 7 on TK99 and ESPN AM 1200. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show, presented by Del Lago Resort and Casino. Hey now, <laughs> and welcome back to the Big Show. Just told a great story about my childhood oh. in the old um, yeah. arson days. Everybody did with, that. Tell <laughs> <laughs> <Tale laughs> as old as listen, time. My mother would say the same thing to me every time I come walk in with just a big. Ch- I could choke a cow with the C notes I had in my pocket, and she'd go, "Honey." Did anyone get hurt for you to get that money? And I go, no, mom, no one got hurt. And she go, you didn't sell any drugs. You go, no, mom, I didn't sell any drugs. And I stop her and go, don't ask any more questions. <laughs> Do you want five hundred dollars of this money so I can help you with some of the bills? And she go, okay, honey. She, she knew I was doing something, but she just as long as I didn't hurt anybody and it wasn't drugs, she was good. I love it. So we're gonna play a little. So what? Paulie the Mole is going to is going to ask us. He's going to make some statements about what's going on in the news. You get to say either so what because you think it doesn't really matter. It's relevant. If you're not going to say so what, you have to support why it's not a so what and explain yourself. Paulie, item number one. All right. I can't understand this story because I'm 45 years old and I'm hoping Josh might be able to help us out. Liz Sweeney, a Hungarian athlete from California, did little more than ride up and down the half pipe wall during... The Olympic uh, qualifications. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Josh is showing us. I'm showing the video so they have a right. I think I could do that. Yeah. I think I could do that. She rode up and down the wall uh, and turned around in the air while skiing to the other side to qualify for the Olympics. She did this, if I can explain. She literally just screwed the system. She She's not Hungarian. She's not Hungarian. She's, she's, she's Canadian. From, and no, she's so- California. She went to Harvard, but her grandparents are Hungarian. So she went and com- joined the Hungarian freestyle ski team, and just as by playing it safe, by doing that, she outlasted everybody else who kept crashing and hurting themselves to go to the Olympics. Now, she's not going to get a medal or anything, but she's at the Olympics doing that, up and down. <laughs> well, like this is the Jamaica slope. bobsled team, the <laughs> yeah. original Jamaica bobsled team, yeah. where a couple guys sat back and they were smoking a bone on the beach, and they turned around and they went... Hey, dude, there's no bobsled team. Yeah, let's do it. We're Jamaican. We're entitled to represent our country, and they formed the Jamaican. Now, these guys had never seen ice except for it was in a glass. Bingo. But but that's similar. The the interesting thing about about this is um, she turned around and she uh, uh, did nothing. It was listening to the announcers 
try to make it interesting. Yeah. It was painful to there listen. There she goes, there she's up, it was actually she's down. And, yeah, it's all it is. It's, just, it's nothing happening. Yeah, it was really, really I'm not going to get that a so what, because I liked watching it. I don't know. Down? I, I think it's a total so what. Oh, it's Whoa. terrible. Oh, same four tier, Daryly Orange. So what? Not so what? Not so what? She gamed the system. You got to give credit where credit's due. <laughs> yeah, you just told us a story about gaming the system, Daniel. Off air. You need to have the most respect for gaming the system. She got a free trip to South Korea yeah. for two weeks. All expenses paid by Hungary. Introduce your uh, your nephews here who are going to join. So what here? Granger Sasso sitting to my left, and Griffo across the table. Griffin Sasso. Is it a so what, boys? Um, I'm going to go with a so what. Why is it a so what? I guess you don't need to explain yourself. I but mean, she did, I think she wanted a free trip to the Olympics. Bingo, I, I like it. Can't blame her for that. So what or not so what? Uh, I'm going to give it a so what as well. <sighs> See, I liked it. Sam Fortier and I. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm with I you, agree. man. I'm with I'm, you. I'm we, with you. We, we I think it's it. a cool story. <laughs> Danica Patrick's racing career has come to an end. She crashed in her final race. Yeah, but she's isn't she doing the twofer? So she's doing, I think she's doing a Daytona 500, then she's doing the IndyCar. So she it's it's not, her Daytona career's over. But there's a it's got a name where you win the Daytona 500, then you go win the IndyCar race, and that's what she's going to next. So yeah, but she crashed the Daytona 500. You know, she came out the gate being the little sex star that you know of Indy, yeah, and, and, and then she kind of stopped doing yeah. the. Uh, um, uh, yeah, she stopped doing stuff, all the yeah. stuff that really made her famous. I mean, it wasn't like she <laughs> was a, a super body, threat, yeah. you know. And now she's uh, with the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, she, yeah which Aaron is Rodgers. Even, which is even bigger news because he showed up at the Daytona. And blah, but you know what? So what? Yeah, it's kind of a so what. Go have Rogers babies. So what? <laughs> You're out. Sam the Man Fortier? I'm a so what on that. So what? Sasso boys? Yeah, I'm going to confirm so what. Uh, yeah, I'm never going to fan a NASCAR myself. Polly, so round the horse. I'm in. So I'm what? in on it. You are? Yeah, right. of course. Take first woman driver. Career's done now. Now you getting rear-ended. First woman driver. Stop the first woman now driver. Now getting rear-ended by Aaron Rodgers. So. Oh. You just got it because you wanted to make nah, that joke. You did. You just said that. <laughs> I see right wanted, there, yeah. You know what? He gets sit on a joke for weeks. Know, he does. Just waiting he's for like the a, He's like a ninja. He knows when he's going to drop is. a dad Ooh. joke on you. He is. 80% of Americans owe someone they know money. Wow. Yeah. There's your final story. 80% of all Americans Owe someone they know. So money. not like a bank or something. No, but like I a owe my brother ninety-eight dollars. One of my brothers. For what? That's a very, very odd I'm number. Saying, so you want to for a, for a uh, <laughs> for a car repair? Oh, oh shit! Borrow money for a car repair. <laughs> what do you get fixed on a <laughs> yeah. car? What do you get fixed on a car with ninety-eight dollars? Did they put air in the tires yeah, for ninety-eight dollars? Exactly. That's exactly. It, it was a tire repair. Oh, all right. Ninety-eight dollars. Do you need to borrow some money? No, no, <laughs> no. I'm good. Get your brother off your back. Can we you know? launch a GoFundMe. No, we just to say that's what we're setting up after this. He's scraping for ninety-eight bucks. Even this Sam Fortier can. I'm going to talk to the great one, Ed Levine, who is currently. No, this Utica is an old right debt. Buying the town of Utica. <laughs> he's buying Utica. He's buying it all up. He yeah. is. He's just buying it up. He's it's like a, a real estate magnet. It's a really old debt that I'm hoping my brother has forgotten by this point. Oh, so so you terrible. hoped he would forget by bringing it up on the radio. He right. doesn't, well, doesn't live here. He doesn't listen to him. Yeah. He doesn't listen to him. That's the safest bet he ever made. <laughs> he lives in Miami. He's well, see, now that you say that, I think I owe my parents one more payment on my old Ford Taurus from 2002. So I may, but that's the only money I can think I owe, and it's a couple of hundred bucks. I'll make that good today. I'll call him right now. <laughs> I do not owe anybody any money. Sam Fortier? Yeah, I, I definitely do. I owe my Friends? roommates. Oh yeah, my roommates. Why? What are you doing? I, we we Beer put money? on sports when we're watching them. It's like oh, I'm sure I owe them. Oh, she bet on games and stuff. Yeah. 
Oh, Sam, okay. how deep are you? <laughs> yes, yeah. I, I don't have a problem, okay, Josh? <laughs> I don't. I really don't. <laughs> how about you? Yeah, but how much are you, do you owe your friends? Yeah, yeah you know, a problem. Uh, if you make two hundred dollars a week, you owe forty grand. <laughs> <laughs> Not a problem yet. <laughs> right? Not yet. Uh, I would say I would say less than ninety-eight. More oh, than more than, than more than twenty. That's not bad. No. no, no, I'm fine. Let me just put it this way: If you got a flat tire, would you have to borrow the money? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, right, no I would not. You're in good shape. You're definitely good. Uh, I have a story too that uh, I got a uh, message in the mail from a local grocery chain mm. that I had bounced a check in 1992. About ten years ago, I got this. And I know exactly what I did. I didn't have enough money for booze, so I went and bought beer and bounced a check. And I had to have done it. And like I felt horrible because I owed him thirty-two dollars. And I'm just, like, here's the thirty-two bucks back. I feel terrible. Like so you, you paid him back? Yes, they had been sitting on it for like twenty years. That I oh, I bounced check to get a, you got your I life wanted together, two man. six packs of Lowenbrow. Today is kind of special. Are you writing bad checks? You got to go for the German stuff. You I know. can't you just get some Miller Draft yeah, or whatever. But the fun, like they make it not a felony i was like i was like they took the time to write this message ten, like 20 years after were salt I, of the earth yeah. Yeah. mom and pop yeah. grocers yeah he was it was his little house in the prairie dear paul we hope you've handwritten yeah, we hope you've gotten your life together you're well hope this letter finds you well we hope that you've uh, figured your life out we're not going to charge you the bottle deposit right, so that, that, that brings two things to mind for me has have you ever been in a situation where you dinged someone's car, you backed it, hit him, and you left the note. No. Did you leave the note or did you no, book? No, I, I Every booked. one of us has tapped somebody's car. I booked. You booked. He, yeah. You're a booker for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you're a check-bouncing booker. Yeah. I can't I afford a flat tire. I'm out of there. <laughs> no, we, no uh, I've never done that, but a couple months ago, we were right outside of the studio on the other station. You can see cars parking, and we saw somebody back into a car and then get out of there. And my buddy Cody ran out and put a note on the car and said, here's what who's here's guys who hit play, you. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. I had a good one. I was in L.A. And I ba- I, you know, I backed up. I, I'm, I'm steering it back and forth, back and forth, trying to get a really tight spot. And I grilled this guy on his door. Yeah, I left it. It pushed it in a little bit, and it scratched it. So I went out there, and I read. On the other side of the car, I never looked. He had like a big thing, like crushed in yeah. the back quarter panel. He tried to say I did that. <laughs> oh, I left no. like a scratch that was, you know, as deep as your pinky. You know, I definitely had that, but it could be in bondo and clear. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. like a. He tried to hit me for like you know fifteen hundred or something, oh. and I was like, dude, that couldn't have cost you fifteen. He called me right away. He's like, hey man, the car's in bad shape, and I got to bring it to a certified. But I'm like, dude, take it to Mako, man. This kid wasn't that expensive a car. And then he sent me the pictures, and I said, I didn't do that. I was on the other side of your car. It's on your door. He goes. No man, this mark wasn't on the car, and you left the note. But and he tried to get me. He didn't get it. What you get for trying to be nice? I know, totally trying to be nice. Now let's take this. Re- reread this question. Concentrate on this question. Now go ahead. Reread. Eighty percent of Americans owe someone they know money, according to a local Bank of America survey. Okay, so we have all then talked about in here if we do owe money, if we don't owe money, and we made our declaration. Now put yourself on the other side of that, though. Oh, I'm owed a lot of money. Are you? By a lot of friends and a lot of people, for sure. Well, I don't have money. And the interesting thing is when I became (laughs) an actor, and, you know, my dad was a school teacher with six kids, so, I mean, we made 20, 22,000 in his best year, and, you know, doing this for a living, and when when I was hotter, obviously, you know, than I I am now on a TV series and stuff, you make a lot of money, you know, more money than I ever imagined making, and so 
the logical assumption when I go out with all my friends is, well, he's getting the check. And yeah. He's getting so. Hey, bro, can I, and it wasn't anymore when you're with your friends and you're in Vegas. You go, bro, can I borrow fifty bucks? Can I borrow? 100? Hey, man, can you lend me twenty grand? Wow. You know, and, I, and you look at him and go, yeah, no, I'm not lending you twenty grand. But to family members, Stephen owes me money for it, it's like a it's like a joke. You know, what I mean, how much money he owes me, and he's owed me money for for you know over fifteen years. Yeah. So I finally he's the, got the, Barney Rubble money. I know he's got right? Barney Rubble money. <laughs> but the best of all was I get a call and I hear, you know, the wind whipping through the phone. I hear, and he goes, "What do you think of that sound, pal? That sounds badass, doesn't it, baby? Yeah, baby, '68 Firebird convertible. Just picked it up in Virginia." And I'm holding the phone and I'm leaving an indentation on the phone. I went, "Hey, Steve, I think it's great that you've gotten another car and you picked it." I go. You owe me $20,000 yeah. for over a decade. Do you think you could have sent me two of it and maybe bought something for less money? Maybe. Yeah. Oh, bro, come on, man. You know, I'm going to get that to you, man. I'm going to take care <laughs> oh. of it. Now, there are closer to home, closer to home to this studio. Oh, I'm, no, not gonna, no. I'm not going to say names. Sam. I'm not going to say names. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa, whoa. I need to exonerate I'm myself. I'm not going to say names. Yeah. But I was recently asked... To give someone a loan. Mm. And I thought about the amount of money. It was not a significant amount of money. And I figured if this person was asking me for the money, I should probably give them the money that must need it. You know, probably gas, food, mm -hmm. whatever it is. It was down to that for this, you know, very pittance uh, loan-wise. Mm -hmm. So I lent it with the promise of, and I'll give it back to you on Thursday. That was last Thursday. And so there was, there was no... I don't understand people who don't feel like they need to pay it back. Like, that would be on my shoulders always. Well, I would just think that you... If It's not that I've never borrowed money in my life, but if that Thursday came and I was not able to do it, I'd go, hey, man, sorry, do you mind if... You know, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And made some, some acknowledgement of the fact that I'm going to stiff you <laughs> and not pay you back Hey, Daniel, money. you're never getting this back. You, Thanks, you, though. Yeah. You, know, you know what you need to do? You need to sit down and you need to go through all your debts and Venmo request everyone <laughs> just, yeah. that's ever owed you money. Venmo's the app you can use on your phone or you can use apple pay now so every Dude, day just she, just send that 20k the 20k request <laughs> yeah. just like they can fulfill every on the day phone. to steven just send that twenty thousand dollar request be like hey Listen, you pay that up whenever you let go. me tell you something i'm never gonna see that <laughs> <laughs> but, and that and that is always i've told people that i'm close to especially the equation by which you loan money is when you had you might as well have a cigarette lighter under it and be burning it because if you actually really do need it you're in no position to lend it yeah because when you're giving it to someone as a loan you must be willing to walk away from it they could die anything could happen you know so so yeah, no, that's, I learned that's that hard long. lesson that's in my long. in my late twenties. Where it's my my mom said the same thing. She goes, "If you loan anybody money, just consider that money gone." Right. Because I used to always think the same thing. Like, yeah, I'll get this back, and then you just don't. Yeah, no, it doesn't happen. Let's go to break, and we're going to come back. And we're going to talk about Syracuse basketball. Yo, I'm ready. About time. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> come back, it's Daniel Baldwin Show, ESPN Radio, Syracuse. Did you miss In the Booth with Matt Park? If you're involved in CBI or CIT bracketology, you have got a problem. You need to read. You need to talk to human beings. You need to reevaluate what it is you're doing with your life. If you don't know how to run a board and turn on a microphone, you need to reevaluate what you're doing with your life. In the Booth, two to three weekdays. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, 1200 a.m. and 1440 a.m. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show, presented by Del Lago Resort and Casino. Hey now, the mighty Del Lago Resort and Casino. I stayed again. Very nice. I went out and I stayed. You know, Robin loves 
the great Jason Klug. And so I ran out to to uh, smoke a cigar, and I come back in, and Jason Klug and Robin are just you know they're they're like they're like you know purring. Mm-hmm. Purring with each yeah, other. Absolutely. Very annoying. <laughs> no, I'm I'd like no. to go stay out there. Can you loan me a few hundred? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'll lend you 98. 98. <laughs> but I won't go past that. Sam, nice one on the road in Miami. Now, I, I spoke with Coach Baham twice. Uh, once today and then once before the game. And I said, you know, Miami has fallen out of the top 25, but still this is a, a must win based on the circumstances. And he said, well, I don't care what they're ranked. He goes, I think they're a top 25 team. So we play very well. We win this game, but we have the undaunting um, responsibility now of doing more than just Boston College. I don't know that just a BC win. I think we have to beat Clemson, UNC or Duke in combination with a must-win against BC, and that would get us off the schneid and in the tournament. As I look at this, I think to myself, well, Clemson's a logical pick for me as far as where they're ranked and, and so on. But, you know, UNC in the Dome could be had. They, they could win this game tomorrow. They'd have to play really, really well and up their shooting percentage. What's your take on this game? I'm with you in the fact that I think Syracuse needs to Beat Boston College and get one more. I think if you beat Boston College, you're you're in the conversation. But if you if you get two wins, then Syracuse is in. To beat North Carolina, I think Roy Williams was saying on the ACC teleconference yesterday that his team has really struggled to generate good shots on offense. Um, obviously, they complement that by being the second best offensive rebounding team in the country, so they can generate extra chances even if they get those misses. But I think Syracuse needs to play their best like their best defense uh, that they can tomorrow night. And if if they can do that, if they can eliminate North Carolina getting those extra offensive chances, and they play as well as they have on offense the last four games, they could do it. Yeah, I think I think actually, um, this is the team that they should beat. I think I think they're they're coming off a good win. They got a little momentum behind them. I think they've got some confidence because they play better in in, in all aspects of the game. Um, I think that, uh, watch out, they could beat UNC, who's ranked number 10 right now. So, you know, as far as quadrant run wins are concerned, this would be uh, really, really big for their RPI if they were to turn around and win this game. Boys, are you following Q's basketball? Um, yeah, uh, we always get the, a few friends over to watch some games. Nice. So what do you think What do you think about UNC? Um, I want to say that it it's up in the air for me, um, especially with... Uh, how SU's defense has been playing, but um, I think, like you guys had said, that it is really important to to win against Boston College first. Yeah, for sure, they got to beat right? I don't watch a lick of uh, <laughs> nice. college basketball. So. <laughs> nice. I want to tell you. I want to tell you, and I'm gonna I'm gonna brag. I'm gonna be the proud uncle, and I'm gonna brag. Now, this is a um, um, starting player on the legendary West Jenny Lacrosse program. Um, was offered, you know, interest from many, many universities, but really wanted to go to the Ivy League. So instead of taking, he goes to community college here at OCC, kills it grades-wise. Still, they want him to play at Cornell. Gets out there, sees what goes on with the athletes, the college athlete and everything, and realizes that because of his studies, he did not think that he could dedicate the amount of time necessary to put him in the position where he wants to be uh, with a high grade point average to move on for whatever he decides to do, either career-wise or or, or in, in additional studies for graduate or postgraduate work. You do not see that in, in, in kids today as much. Um, and this is uh, in a long college tradition of the Baldwin family, the first member of the Baldwin family to go to an Ivy League university. So while I'm on and the the biggest show on ESPN radio, I want to tell you, I am so proud of you boys. 
I am so proud of the job my sister and Randy have done raising you, but you are a true testament that there is never too much you can do in order to um, try to shape and mold the outcome of your of your children. You guys are a shining example of what you know having a son should be like. I'm really very proud of you. nice. That's yeah, nice. I really am. That's very nice. I really am. Don't get into radio. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah. What are you doing? Follow yeah, whatever yeah, path. Yeah, Paul, you don't worry. They want to have money to change their time, right? <laughs> <laughs> They've already gotten the prelim. So, Sam, my question for you, Sam Fortier, Daily Orange. You were down in Miami, right? I was. What did they do different in that game that, that they need to do in the in the home stretch here? So they forced Miami's full of athletic players, namely Chris Likes, who's listed at five foot seven. He's mm. much closer to five foot five. He's really quick, but they forced him to kind of. They took away his ability to drive and kick. Mm-hmm. And Lonnie Walker, who's also one of their athletic, uh, Miami's athletic players, they forced them to shoot from the outside. Mm-hmm. And while Miami, they shoot fine from the outside, they weren't as on. Like, you need to be on to beat that Syracuse zone if you're going to hit from outside. Mm-hmm. And they weren't. Yeah. So Syracuse obviously goes down the stretch and, and kind of weathers the storm a little bit. So they really took away the inside, took away their driving and their athleticism. You know, in the beginning of the season, everyone talked about uh, Sabine and, and his what they were expecting from him. But I think the Chuke has been the surprise as, as far as, you know, a presence. And, and, and there will never be a stat. And this goes back to my days with when Minute Bowl played. And they, and they would say, you know, there's no stat for you changing someone's shot and causing them to miss. So you're only going to get rebounds or blocks. But the amount of that guy at seven foot two when he's fully stretched out and changes the, the decision for someone to shoot or make an errant pass or just changes the shot and he ends up missing it, he does not get any credit for that. He's going to be a big factor in this game for them to win. They have the number one offensive rebounding team or, or one of the best in the country, and he has to become a presence because when they're on offense and you're playing defense, you're logically between the offensive player and the basket, giving you a position provided you're boxing, boxing your opponent out. So you should get more defensive boards than they get offensive-wise. He has to clean that glass up and not give them those second-chance opportunities. And it's going to come down to, if he doubles up figures-wise and goes 10 or more, you're going to see Syracuse in this game. That's that's a great point because yesterday Jim Baham was saying North Carolina always has these like 6'8", 6'10 guys mm. who come in and they can clean up the offensive uh, boards and they have big guards. North Carolina doesn't really look like that this year. They have a 6'11 kid who plays like 25% of their minutes, but their center's Luke May. He's 6'8". They have Cameron Johnson, that the transfer from Pitt. He's 6'8". But other than that, they have 6'6 and shorter. So I don't think you're going to see – I mean, obviously they have succeeded in the offensive boards this year, but they don't have that size that they normally have. So Sidibe, Chukwu, even – you know, O'Shea Brissett is as big as any of the as, – as big as their center. So uh, I think – Syracuse should have a chance because they're so long. Well, there used to be a drill called shot, and, and, and so you were on offense, you were on defense, and the coach would call shot, and wherever you were, you immediately spun and put your ass on your opponent and drove him from the basket, boxing him out. That can't really be taught. That's something that if you're a guy who's a Rodman kind of player, you're going after the ball at all times. He has to focus as the Syracuse rebounds by committee. And they've been pretty successful at it for a team that's not that big and doesn't play a big man-in-the-middle kind of offense. So, you know, I think that you'll see. Well, watch me. If he doesn't get 10 rebounds or more, Syracuse won't win the game. I guarantee it. The other thing is North Carolina can shoot the ball from from three. Everybody, even May, their center can. So. The, the benefit of the zone, though, is at the center position that if May goes out, the center doesn't have to follow him out because of the zone. So they'll have a guy, a big guy down low at all times, you know, on defense when, right. when May's shooting threes out there. And if they can keep North Carolina from uh, knocking down a bunch of threes, I think they're going to win the game. I, I think so, I, too. I think. 
I think they have a good chance. Huh? Syracuse also has the best opportunity. I was saying this to Sam off the air of all the bubble teams to take themselves not only off the bubble but to actually put themselves in a good spot going into the tournament. They've still got big if, games if, left. Yeah, to play. If, if they can win three of these games, mm-hmm. they're they're going to move from the bubble. That's asking a lot. That's yes. really optimistic. <laughs> but, I don't think it's uh, listen. If uh, I I don't agree, and I'll tell you why. Okay. If you throw in they beat. Carolina at home, then I got. To, I got to tell you something. They're probably not the the game. I think they're going to definitely lose is Duke on the road. Yeah, That's sure. a tough place to play. It's a small little beanbox. They're loud, you know. So, but if they beat Carolina here, hey, they the worst thing they could do is beat Carolina and then lose to Boston College. Yes. That's what's going to kill That'll them. Be bad. That'll be well because of the the opponents and the way they they measure it versus good wins and losses and all this other nonsense, but. If they beat them, I think that gives them the confidence to play as well as they can at Duke, but certainly to beat Clemson afterwards. You know, if they, if, also if they play well against Duke, if they get blown out by Duke, that's going to be you know you don't want to come out of the momentum that they're in right now. But let's take them one at a time. I say that I say that they're gonna they're gonna hang with UNC and, 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 and pester them and take the game at the end. I think they're feeling good off a bunch of wins, and I uh, I think this game is winnable tomorrow. All right, we'll come back, spend our last couple minutes with you here on the Daniel Baldwin Show. This is ESPN Radio Syracuse. Don't miss the Upstate Lacrosse Show this and every Saturday at 9 a.m. Hosted by Syracuse University four-time All-American Rick Beardsley and News Channel 9 Sports Director Steve Infante. Covering men's and women's college, club, pro, and high school lacrosse teams from Central New York. Expert analysis, guest interviews, and previews of upcoming matchups. It's the Upstate Lacrosse Show. Saturdays at 9 a.m. on ESPN 97.7 FM. This Saturday, it's Syracuse Lacrosse right here on ESPN 97.7. The Orange welcome Army West Point at 2. Orange pregame at 1.30. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show, presented by Del Lago Resort and Casino. Hey now, I got the under, I didn't see it. I didn't oh, see it. Yeah. I have Paulie give me the point when nope. you because know, he's doing the board, he's doing all this different stuff. So I like to get the actual point when it's time to go. I want Merrick Dolage and behind the back point Ooh, at you. Topical. Thank you. Wow, you're a sports show host. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a globetrotter of pointing. It's killing it. Bill Gates predicts that an outbreak will occur within the decade in the United States that he claims will kill millions of oh. human beings. In this country, what a said, downer. Yeah, right. Oh. You know, so, <laughs> so, so hang, hang on, hang on. So, there, there's some science behind this. So, I, I delved into it. I'm thinking, well, that's a pretty terrible it's a thing. Bold I'm, statement. But because of, and, and you know, when you look at stuff that's happened in Africa and stuff that's happened throughout history, there is a cycle to this. Um, and he believes that we are so unprepared that that's why it will become the epidemic that he's predicting will happen. It's not so much that we don't face some of these things, but, you know, in, in, our, in the world now, but it's because we're so unprepared to do anything about it that if something like that happened here, it would wipe out a whole bunch of people before they'd ever get their hands around it. So what is it, though? Like like bubonic plague level? Yeah, yeah, he's talking, like, we're talking like some terrible black plague or whatever it's going to be. And it's going to hit, and he says within the decade. That's like why within, I'm moving to a cabin in the woods. I don't want to see anybody. Well, I got the I farm. I got the farmhouse go. on the lake. I don't want fresh water. Be near solar, anybody. Yes, fish. Get off the grid. 
Let's dig some holes and get underground. I'm off the grid. Let's go. I'm already ready. Sam, are you in? Sam the man? Uh, I, I feel like you're recruiting me for a cult right now. <laughs> Listen, I got something I want to talk to you about. <laughs> Try this Diana yeah. Kool-Aid, my friend. Come on I, out, I feel like as we get more technologically advanced, we are less prepared. We don't prepare for things like we used to. We, no. are, we are. We aren't. Not we at all. We definitely are there, not. There is a show called Doomsday Preppers. I just yeah. want to put that out now, there. There are some people who are ready. A, here's a hot take that I'm probably that way too late in the show to throw at you. Go. <laughs> but when I was a kid growing up in California, we did earthquake yeah. like preparations right. and fire drills. Mm-hmm. In, in today's age, isn't it about time that schools Listen, prepped for other emergencies I'll go way also? Pa- I'll go way past that. Because of these. Phone. Phones. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And because of computers and so on, it has really revolutionized and changed the way we've raised our children. So the following conversation took place between Robin and I mm. uh, about three years ago. Her daughter, Audrey, is now a junior. She said, hey, um, I'm going to have to call you later on because I'm teaching Audrey how to use the washing machine. And I went, I'm sorry? And she went, yeah, I'm teaching her how. You know, she's getting ready to go away to school. And I think it's time. I went, your daughter's 18 years old. <laughs> I said, you live in a mansion, and she doesn't know how to. Now, this is not a dig, because Robin was that really hands-on mom that cleaned the house, yeah, did yeah, all yeah. the cooking, did all the shopping. She was a real mom, and she had a, a, a business that she owned on the side, but she did it all herself. But I was so flabbergasted by the idea that an 18-year-old of, of any sex does not know how to use a washing machine. Can you do boys use washing machines? Yes, yes. We were forced to as kids. Very nice, yes. undoubtedly. I love it. Well, uh, thank you guys for joining us. Give one more plug to your great nephews here, Daniel. Griffin and Granger Sasso from Team Sasso, ladies and gentlemen. Sam, a fortier of the Daily Orange. Polly Sibilia of your dreams. And Daniel Baldwin, of course, we thank you. Polly Sibilia of your dreams? <laughs> I'm about to go have nightmares. Uh, uh, Vomit-inducing dreams. Brent <laughs> X. Like Jimi Hendrix if you have that dream. Brent X is up next. This is Benny ESPN Radio, Syracuse. X, man.